Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Welcome to another Sunday night sit down with preacher Mike. Now, there were some things that I noticed last week when I was sitting down there, people doing this and this, and I, I appreciate wanting to be seen. I didn't think that would be something you would want. So I'm up here, and we'll see if this works any better. I, we missed an opportunity with some, because if I had known you were going to be here tonight, then we would have put something on together. It would have been great. And I don't know, I still may just put you on the spot here in a minute, you never know. Uh, much more laid back time. I said, I didn't know you were going to be here tonight. He said, I'm a Christian. <laughs> I think that's a great way to start. Tremendous idea. The weekend was fantastic. The theme had an evangelistic thought to it. And I want to wrap it up. I don't know. I never think of much in a spiritual sense by chance. So the lesson that I was given for the weekend, a number of us spoke and I taught this one. But it seems to me to be one that would really be good to think about as we close out the weekend. We think about who is my neighbor. It was Jesus, of course, who was asked that question, and he followed it by answering it with the parable of the Good Samaritan. It was the opinion of the people of his day that they were neighbors because they shared a border, but they were not neighbors in the sense that Jesus intended it. And therefore, they had to understand that Jesus wanted them to see that anyone in need is a neighbor, and all of us are in spiritual need, so all are neighbors. But I want you to think for a minute it is a case that there is a divide between us and our neighbors. The text that was just read from John 10 says there's a door, and a door is a divider. It's a divider from the outside and the inside. And it was Jesus who said, you must enter the door by me. Here is my thought for the evening. I want us to admit, acknowledge, accept that the divide is real between us and our neighbors. At the same time, I want us to know that we are not unlike our neighbors at all. The very things that we're looking for are the very things that drive them. And when I can relate to my neighbors, more that they are like me than that they are different from me, I think I'll have a better appreciation. I would say probably that one of the things we all learned this morning is that our Arab neighbors, even in the influence of Muslimism, are not unlike us. I want to show you that tonight. I want you to think with me about that for a minute. But I also want to admit this. 
The divide that exists is a divide that should exist. And the danger is, since we're looking for the same things, let us not be deceived into changing how and where we find the things that we are looking for, exchanging them for the directions that our neighbors have gone. So it will be an opportunity to admit, yes, this is who we are. They're just like us. But let us be vigilant to stay where we are and to act like we should in a way that says, I want them to be here. I don't mean to, I never want to embarrass anyone in public. I, I don't mind doing it if I catch you somewhere. I'll do that because turnabout's fair play. But I really appreciate what was said this morning when Adam and Gwendolyn were announced, identified, when he said, I wanted to know the church of these people that I've been working for. That, that impressed me because that's who we're supposed to be. We are supposed to be people who say, yes, there's a divide, but look how this is much more fulfilling. So think with me for a moment how we are just alike, and yet it's a divide. We are divided from our neighbors by the things that delight us. Yes, I'm going to use the acrostic from yesterday. These are the things that delight us, and they divide us. The psalmist opened in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and he goes on. On our side of the divide, here is who we are, here's who we claim to be, here's who we need to continue to be. We need to be people who delight in the Word and the will of God. That's our first, our primary motive. I delight in what God wants. And when I delight in what God wants, I then use what He wants to help me determine what delight of this world I can use and be involved in. That's very powerful. The world is a delightful place. It is. Maybe not in its outcomes, but in its opportunities. I asked someone yesterday, I asked the kids, and I'll ask you, just because it's so opposite from me. How many of you would admit that you just love to eat beets? I'm surprised. Either, oh, there's one. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, okay. 
Jessica, Orrin, I think I saw. Okay. Now, the rest of us that are not weird, I want you to know, think about it this way. For the rest of us, if the delights of the world, the things that tempt, if they were like eating beets, none of us would have a problem staying on this side of the divide. I'm not going over there for a beat. I'm not doing it. The problem is, the delights of the world are not beets. They are spaghetti and meatballs. They are pizza. They are steak. For some of you, they are cake and pudding and ice cream. And that's why they are delightful to people. You see, we delight in the Word of God, and we use that to decide about the delights of the world. Here's the divide. They delight in the things of the world without a thought for God. But why do they have those things? Why are they going after those things? We'll close with the answer. Number two, a second thing that divides us are our investments. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourselves treasures and on earth where moth and rust corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. Thieves do not break through and steal where your treasure is. There your heart will be also, Matthew 6, 19 to 21. Here's the difference. We invest in God and use the world. On the other side, they invest in the world and use God. You know how so? When things fall apart, over there, they blame God. God, why did you do this to me? Why is this happening? They're using God as an excuse. God, I'm in trouble. Will you please help me? And they're using God as a life jacket. To use the world or to... Invest in the world and use God does not help what they are really searching for. To invest in God and use the world is what God wants. It's okay to have stuff. It's okay to want things it's okay to be concerned about a bank account because God made this world. It's okay. There are a lot of people in Scripture who had stuff and money, but they were using it because they had invested in God. Over there, it won't help them get what they're looking for. We'll get it at the end. Number three, we are divided by our valleys. 
Every one of us is going to go through a valley, at least one. Sometime in life, we're going to hit a valley, and we're going to have to know what to do with it. In Psalm 23, David said as much. Though I walk through the valley of death, I'll fear no evil. For you're with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. To us, the valley of death is merely a portal to life. On the other side, the valley of death just leads to death. Here is a, I think, an image that plays well. Imagine you're in the valley. High walls on each side. And as far as you can see, those high walls in that valley just continues to run. And we sit there and we think, I can't get out. What am I going to do? I'm in trouble. You ever been in one of those situations? Have you ever just sat down in a dark place and cried out to God and said, I don't know what to do. My opinion is every one of us has been there at least once. I've been there. And those high walls, they just are intimidating. But imagine this. On the top of the high wall is the cross of Jesus. And the sun... The sun hits that cross and casts the shadow of death into the valley. Maybe you can even see it better and you have, if you've never noticed it before. Just look above your head to the ceiling. It'd be okay if you want to. Look right up there. There's a cross right there. See, to us, the shadow is a death leading to life. There's not one of us going to go to heaven without dying first, spiritually, to sin. And likely, not one of us will go to heaven without dying physically unless the Lord returns. So that shadow is a shadow of death leading to life. But that same shadow cast into the valley of the people on the other side of the divide only see death. It's not a way out. It just has no hope. And the way they try to deal with the shadow of death doesn't work. We'll see it at the end. We're divided by our influence. If the salt loses its flavor, how can it be salted again? It is therefore good for nothing but to be cast out and trodden under the foot of men. Matthew 5 and 13. When your food doesn't taste right and you pull out the salt and you put it on there, it helps. Because the food absorbs 
the salt into itself. What would happen if you had a pile of salt that no longer was salty? Can you pour salt on it and it would absorb it into itself and become salty again? Apparently not. Oh, you could put a pile of salt into a pile that's not salty anymore and you could still taste the salt from what you added, but it doesn't change what had been lost. The food absorbs the salt and it changes it. The influence is that we want to influence this life to be better in order to give the next life an opportunity. But this is where the divide doesn't look so much like a divide. Because they too, many of them, want to influence this life for the better. How many times in your life, think about it for a minute, have you been confronted with someone who in your understanding of Scripture is not a child of God? They're not in the family of God because they've not been immersed into Jesus Christ. And yet, you are confronted with a character, an action, and a nature that causes you to be self-conscious. Because even though you know, as Scripture teaches, they're not children of God, they seem to be better than I am. I'm, I'm sure you've had that experience. Our neighbors, who is my neighbor? We don't necessarily look at them as people who are just bad, doing bad things. The problem is they sometimes look just like us. They're trying hard to help their community. They're trying hard to, to make a better life for their families. They're trying hard to teach morality. They're just not children of God. They're improving this life. But they're not adding to the next. Let's think about that at the end. Because our influence is important. Number five, we're divided by our dreams. Colossians 3 and verse 2, Seek those things that are above, where Christ is at the right hand of God. If you've been risen with Christ, seek those things. In other words, dream upward. On our side of the divide, our dreams are centered in God. On the other side of the divide, they dream too. They want what we want. 
They have the same desires for their families. They have the same desires for their community. They really are wanting things to be good or to be better. But their dreams are flat. They dream horizontally. We dream vertically. You know what happens when you dream vertically? The higher you go, the more you see what's here. The higher you go, the more you see everything, both good and bad. So if we dream high enough, we'll be able from that vantage point to see that what they are involved in is not good for you. Down here, it looks like it might be. But in horizontal dreaming, they're stuck. They're stuck looking this way. They cannot see what is allowed from the vantage point being higher. We dream just like they dream for a better life, for a filling for something. But finally, we're divided by our emptiness. We're also united by every one of these things. We're united by our emptiness. Every child, every child, who comes into this world is empty. Meaning a vessel that will be filled by family and friends and environment and all kinds of things. But spiritually speaking, every person who comes into this world has a hole, a void. A longing, a yearning. It's an emptiness. And this one summarizes all of the others because all of this other is built on the fact that we have an emptiness that we're trying to fill. We understand Philippians 2. We need to have the mind of Jesus who in verse 7, emptied himself. Jesus took the whole, the emptiness of humanity. And in our humanity, like us, Hebrews 4, 15, his emptiness was filled with God. On the other side of the divide, they're empty. They have a hole. They know it's there. They admit it. Maybe not verbally, but subconsciously, it's there. And everything they're trying to do to fill that emptiness is not helping. In fact, it's making them more empty. 
anybody who turns to fill the void with the things of this world, money, success, drugs, uh, sexual activity, whatever it is, is really a cry to fill the void. You see, the Jews and the Samaritans were very different people as you looked at it. But actually, they just weren't that different. There is a divide between us and our neighbors. Here's how I want us to think. We need to make sure that we stay on our side of the divide. We want to fill our emptiness with proper dreams, influencing the way we should, handling the valleys that come, making wise investments in God, Delighting in who he is and what he wants. Never change that. But recognize that over there, they're searching for the same thing. They just don't have the answers that we have. And since they're searching for the same thing, they're just like us. But the divide is how they're finding their answers. This hole. I told the kids yesterday, as Ecclesiastes 3 and 11 says, that God has put eternity in their hearts. I think every single individual who comes into this world has a sense of morality. And that sense of morality, that oughtness, that right and wrong is what drives them to fill the emptiness of their lives. For my understanding to help me visualize, I want to call that a pilot light. God lit it. And it's there. And every single person has one. What are you going to do with it? You want to turn it up. You want it to burn higher and stronger with more heat, and more intensity, and more energy as you go through your spiritual life. And the more it burns, the more they can see the difference between their pilot light and ours. And they will want to be a part of what we have. But in recognizing that they're just like us, if we don't show the divide by putting on display the pilot light as brightly as it can be, then there's no reason for them to cross the divide. Our danger 
is being influenced to fill and burn the pilot light this way rather than this way. As a church, as people of God in Richmond, we have opportunities. We have people. We have great chances to influence the pilot lights of people looking for what they need to fill. The only question is whether we are going to be the ones to help fill it. That's our challenge. Because we know the words of Jesus when he said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. If you believe that this is the abundant life, then check your pilot light. Make sure it's burning ferociously for people to see. Let's figure out a way to keep being what God wants. But if you need help with your light, it's why we gather. That's what we want. Meet our shepherds if you need. Let's stand together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.